Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the show, World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also coming to you on Sirius XM. I'm your host, Nick Eber. It is great to be with you as I am each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern Time. Then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast for you early birds on Sports Overnight America. Lots to get to today. A couple of interesting stories. Uh, one is Alex Ohanian, who is Serena Williams' husband, in case you didn't know, probably best known for that. He's also a sort of self-made gazillionaire. Making an investment in Angel City FC, which is an NWSL team, as opposed to Major League Soccer, talking about why he made that decision. And I think a lot of what he said is very enlightening and certainly worthwhile a discussion here on this show. So we're going to talk Angel City FC, Alexis Ohanian. Let's talk about Arsene Wenger. He says FIFA need to cut out the BS. Let's just go back to two club competition, two international competition, the Euros and the World Cup. And that's it. And World Cup should be every two years. Love to know what you think about that. Let's talk about that. Of course, we've got Champions League football to talk about. We have the uh, semi quarterfinal and semi final draws coming up on Friday. All those teams already decided, so let's talk about it. Lots to get to, and of course, the Premier League. Liverpool getting back on track. Diego Jota scoring. That bodes well for the Reds going forward. United getting a great result, a big big win. Uh, Let's talk about the Premier League, and of course, we also have to talk a little Arsenal Football Club and the disaster that seems to be unfolding. Not sure how much of a disaster it is, to be fair. I'll give you my opinion Love to get yours. All right, find me on Twitter at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. Oh, and we also have to talk about Tottenham Hotspur. I think people are absolutely freaking out about Spurs for no reason whatsoever. I think you have to recognize how odd and different this season is. And just how outside the norms it is, both in terms of no fans, in terms of um, the schedule, in terms of the lockdown that we've had, in terms of the extended break. So let's talk about it. All right, I'll be right back after this. Let's get it all kicked off here on World Soccer Radio. Oh, March Madness. It is madness indeed. Oh, yes, it is. And as well, we have, of course, the NBA as well. But there is this wonderful $100,000 bracket madness contest at betonline.ag. And it is the spot for all of your bracketology needs. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's absolutely the best way to place your bets. It's also free to sign up. If you head over to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today, you can receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Go to BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And this is World Soccer Radio presented by BetOnline. And I would be remiss if I did not tell you that you can bet all of your favorite footy 
a bet online as well. So they got everything for you and a 50% bonus deposit to boot. All right, I really don't know where to start here. Uh, why don't we start with... Should we start with Arsene Wenger? I mean, I, th I, I think that's sort of an appropriate place to start because Wenger has come out quite recently and talked about the fact that he believes that there are too many varying tournaments, too many international commitments that put a strain on players. And obviously, they're, uh, obviously uh, their clubs as well. Uh, so Arsene Wenger's come out and he said, uh, football needs to revamp their calendar. The season starts in March. It ends in November. There's a World Cup and a European Championship every year. Now, what that means is you obviously have the World Cup one year, the Euros the next. So you could have World Cup one year, you could have uh, Euros and African Cup of Nations, you know, and CONCACAF the following year. Uh, so I think it's really interesting um, concept. <clears throat> this is the idea of focusing in on what they are quoting and saying are competitions of meaning. Now, look, FIFA have tried to do something similar. They've tried to take all of these friendly dates that they have, and God knows we're coming up against more of them, and I, I just they're just obscene to me. And they've created things like the Nations League, which, you know, let's be honest. I mean, okay, it's a path to the Euros, or it's a path to whatever your end tournament is, depending on what uh, confederation you're playing is. In. But the idea is that the Euros are, uh, pardon me, the the, um, uh, the Nations League is a sort of friendlies that sort of mean something, sort of a table, it's kind of official, you don't want to do badly so you're not embarrassed, and that should stop these international teams from fielding, you know, the entire under-11 squad uh, because the clubs of the senior players won't release them, etc., uh, etc. Et and, and, uh, and I'm not sure how successful... Uh, it is. I prefer it to the friendlies. I mean, I think as, as kind of silly, kind of, as the Nations League is, look, international teams and managers don't spend much time together. So the more competitions they have to play together, the more they're going to benefit in, as a team in terms of gelling and uh, the coaches are going to be able to actually coach the team as opposed to just welcoming the players on the plane, saying, here's the team sheet, have at it, lads, I uh, hope we win. Uh, because if you don't play regular matches, that's what's going to happen. So there is certainly a point of that. Um, interestingly enough, Wenger has really come up about this with some authority, because he's also been very outspoken in offside rules and VAR, uh, but he wants to see big alterations made to the international game. He says he wants to focus on what he calls, as I just mentioned, competitions of meaning, such as the World Cup and the Euros, uh, in place of competitions such as the Nations League. He said players should be playing in as many big, meaningful tournaments as you can. And this is the point, and this is really something to keep in mind here. He says, if you look at teams in the World Cups, usually the average age is 27 or 28. That's why, because the World Cup is every four years, there are very few chances to win it again 
because they when they go back to the next World Cup, they're 32 and 33 years old. That's what we should organize the World Cup every two years. Get rid of the rest. Organize only competitions of meaning. Kick out all the parallel competitions. People must understand what is at stake and only have games with meaning. Now, the other thing he wants to do, and he has put this on the agenda for FIFA, so they are looking at this, is they're going to reduce the amount of international breaks taken from domestic football uh, for qualifiers of major tournaments. He wants to see all the qualifiers moved into a tighter time frame and a new start date for domestic seasons. Now, by the way, this is a splendid idea. And one that I've been harping on, talking up, um, advocating. I mean, my whole concept was, wow, the year before, if you're going to do a World Cup every four years, <clears throat> so every two years, so basically every two years it's the Euros, and two years after that it's a World Cup. In that break between the Euros and the World Cup, just do a qualifying tournament and forget all these ridiculous player uh, friendlies that are spread out and the summer, you know, uh, money spinning, uh, under 11 fest and all the rest of the nonsense they're doing. So he would say <clears throat> he wants to compact qualifiers. He says instead of going away on October, November, September, March and June, we regroup the qualifiers all in one month or two quadruples in October and in February. But at least the players can dedicate that time to the club from March until June, and then they go to their international teams, and that's where they stay. That is a fabulous idea, one that I back totally. And don't forget, folks, we can't forget women's football as well. I know, check yourself. Make sure the radio is actually on this channel, you think? I actually said that. But I'm going to tell you, when we come back, let's talk about Alexis Ohanian. I want to talk about women's football. I want to talk about the unique opportunity there is here in the United States, right here, right now, this time, this market. This is the time, if ever there has been one. When we see where Major League Soccer is going, we have a great opportunity here if you are a fan of the women's game. Now, full disclosure, I'm really not. It doesn't mean I don't have the most respect for them, but I'm not. I'll tell you why, but we're going to have to wait till after the break because this is what I want to talk about in the next segment. Uh, by the way, we have to talk about Tottenham Hotspur. We have to talk about Arsenal. Isn't it funny? After that big North London derby where Arsenal beat Spurs, Everyone's talking about how god-awful Spurs are now and all the problems they're having. Son, of course, is injured, etc., etc. But at the same token, people are talking about out the other side of their mouth, about Arsenal, about how god-awful they are and what a shitty job Arteta's doing and everything else. Listen, you can't have it both ways uh, if you look back at that derby match. Let's talk Arsenal. Let's talk Tottenham. Let's do that as well this session. And also, we're going to talk a bit about the Premier League. Man City clearly going to be the winner's I think that is almost almost getting to the point of a mathematical impossibility. But what Man City are most interested in isn't winning the league. It's what's happening on Friday. It's the quarterfinal draw of the Champions League. By the way, huge match coming up. 
beginning of April. It's going to be at the KP, Leicester, Man City. But again, it's huge. Why is it huge? Well, it's only huge for the top four spots because Man City could afford to lose this and lose the next one and lose the one after that and lose the one after that. No one's catching them. It's done and dusted. It's the Champions League. That's where their heart, that's where their soul, that's where their wandering eye is turned. Man City want the trophy with the big ears. All right, this is World Soccer Radio. Uh, I'm your host, Nick Eber. Monday through Friday, you'll find me here on these very networks, so be sure to make me a regular part of your week. In the meantime, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to get a drink. I'm going to do some thinking. I've only got three minutes, not all that much time. I'll be right back after this. Stay with me, folks. World Soccer Radio, presented by betonline.ag. All right, welcome back. World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also Sirius XM. And if you're listening on one of our digital channels, whether that's iHeartRadio, tune in the award-winning Sirius XM app. I welcome you to the show, as well as our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. It is wonderful to have you guys with me on this show. Uh, been broadcasting on American Forces for over 20 years. Uh, it's a real honor and a privilege. Uh, by the way, if you miss any part of this show, do not worry about it. Don't fret. Never fear. You can always see and oh, see, listen to every episode of World Soccer Radio presented by BetOnline.ag on our podcast network, the Believe, B-L-E-A-V podcast network. Uh, be sure to head over there, check us out. They've got a lot, load of other great podcasts as well on there that you're going to want to subscribe to and download and listen to, you, listen to whether you're in the loo or at the gym or driving cross-country or on a flight or on a cruise or whatever. Be sure to check it out, the Believe Network, B-L-E-A-V. All right, uh, almost don't know where to start, but let's start with uh, Alexis Ohanian, who is a very interesting fellow, by the way. He is... Um, the husband of Serena Williams is probably what he's best known as. Uh, but actually, he is uh, an entrepreneur who is best known as the co-founder of Reddit. He is married to Serena Williams, as I mentioned, and he has recently become a bit of a football fan, which is a really, really good thing. Because he has decided that what he really wants to do is to own a football team. So, of course, Major League Soccer came a-courting, wanting their $200 million, trying to maybe put him with those fellas up in, uh, in um, Sacramento, uh, because apparently now their owner doesn't want to shell out $200 million <clears throat> dollar fee to join the league. But Ohanian has taken a different approach. Some of this is because, obviously, he's married to <clears throat> probably one of the greatest female athletes of all time, Serena Williams. And if, and if you're thinking about the sport of tennis and women's tennis, and possibly, by the way, just tennis with a capital T, there is no bigger name in the sport. So when Ohanian's looking around saying, you know, let's talk about soccer in the United States, he has two things 
that are happening to his mindset. Number one is, <clears throat> since he's married to Serena and he's moving in those circles, he is moving in the circles of the top tennis players in the world. He's not talking to junior players on the junior circuit. He's talking to the big ladies of tennis, the big money makers of tennis. So that's the world he's moving in. And so he looks around and he looks at football and he sees what's the big money maker of football? Well, it's the Premier League. To a lesser extent, it's probably La Liga or Liga MX, certainly here in the United States. Liga MX, probably right up there as well. But in terms of the global league, glo who is the Serena Williams of world football? Well, it's uh, Barcelona, it's Real Madrid, it's Man United, it's Liverpool, it's Bayern Munich, it's PSG, it's Juventus, right? I mean, we can talk about the classic names of global football, uh, we can talk the the Boca Juniors, uh, you know, etc., etc. Club America... But when it comes to the money makers, River Plate, Boca Juniors, do not make the same money that a Man United, Liverpool, Barcelona, Real Madrid, although, of course, Barcelona, billion dollars in debt, subject for a different st uh, a story for a different time. So where am I going with this? Well, very simple. Alexis Ohanian is looking around saying, huh, $200 million for an MLS franchise... But I'm not really spending $200 million. It's not like I'm buying a team in the NBA or the NHL or the NFL. Or even the other top leagues in the world. By the way, all of those top leagues, of course. How about the WNBA? Hands down, the top women's basketball league in the world. Those are all leagues here in the United States that are the top echelon of their brand of sport. It just so happens with basketball, we have both the top men's league and the top women's league. Clearly a massive split between people that watch the men's game and watch the women's game in terms of basketball. So let's turn our attention to soccer for a minute. Major League Soccer gets crappy television ratings, which means it's not the big bastion of television that a major sports league wants to be. It's very well attended. It's a good league, and I'm not here to denigrate it. But if you're Alexis Ohanian and you're married to the world's top tennis player, you're saying, I want a league with the world's top stars in it. And then you're saying, you know, I'm into women's sports because, hey, you know, I'm married to the one of the greatest women athletes of all time. Fair enough, Alexis. Hats off to you, my friend. You've got quite a catch there, no doubt. So he looks around and he says, the next great financial eyeball ratings growth area in the country in sports is women's soccer and believe it or not 
if you ask me which league has the best opportunity to be the most high-profile league in terms of soccer in America, I'm going to tell you, hands down, the NWSL over Major League Soccer. Yep, Ronaldo can come to play at Inter-Miami with uh, David Beckham when he's 80 years old. But the NWSL is attracting the world's best female professional soccer players to come play in that league. And Ohanian sees this. He understands it. He understands the incredible marketing opportunity here for the long run with the NWSL. And he decides to invest in a brand new team in Los Angeles called Angel City, which will be playing, funnily enough, in the same stadium, uh, Bank of California Stadium, just outside of downtown LA where LAFC play. And you want to know who owns this team? Oh, Natalie Portman, Jennifer Garner, Eva Longoria. There's a big basketball connection there too, right? And retired female soccer stars, Julie Foudy, Mia Hamm, Abby Wombat. Listen, what these ladies are doing for their sport. I'm talking about Julie Foudy, Mia Hamm, Abby Wombach, is unreal. And the fact that people like Natalie Portman, Jennifer Garner, Serena Williams, Alexis Ohanian want to invest in it means this is going to take the NWSL to the next level. Why? Why do I say that? First, you have 50%, actually more than 50, 51, 52% of the population, the ladies of America, who we love so much, can identify. Now, clearly they can identify with men's sports as well, and the Premier League and all the NFL and all this. I'm not trying to be sexist here, so please don't take it that way. What I'm suggesting is that... <clears throat> There are not many professional women's out sports outlets where young women and girls that move into this game can look forward and say, you know what, I'm an athlete at 10, I'm going to be an athlete at 13, an athlete at 15, 17, 20, I want to move into the professional ranks. Yeah, you got tennis. Yeah, you got golf. Yes, you got basketball. No disrespect, but to be a top female basketball player, you've got to be like incredibly tall <laughs> okay it's like men's basketball you've got to almost be a world's one of the world's super athletes to play the game and that's a very small percentage of people but when you look at women's sports who has the best women's team historically period it's the united states national team those are the players that are in demand. And yes, there are other great players around the world, but a vibrant league here has attracted those players to come and play here. So if I want to turn on and see the Julie Foudis and the Mia Hams and the Abby Wombachs, of course, they're retired, but you know what I mean, okay? That's where I'm going. That's the league. That's the marketing push. I'm going to see the top female players at the peak of their game being forged in the crucible of the top competition for women's football in the world right here in the United States. And that, my friends, that, that right there 
is why this league, in the long run, will be a success. The problem that women's professional leagues have had in the United States in the past has been a lack of seed capital, and just like Major League Soccer, a, a cadre of investors who are willing to take the financial hit for the long haul, which is what MLS have had, to their credit, NWSL needs that, has that, is going to be successful. I, for one, am excited. And as I mentioned to you at the top of, the, of this segment, I am not a huge fan. I don't, you know, make it a regular part of my week to see what the latest NWSL games are. But who knows? Maybe I'll change. But I will tell you this. I will be cheering for them. And I will be rooting for their success. And I will do whatever I can to help make that success a reality because I think it's a great and fantastic thing to have a league with players at the top of their game. All right, I'll get off my soapbox, take a break, be right back. Welcome back to World Soccer Radio presented by betonline.ag. I'm Nick Ebert. It's great to be with you. A jam-packed show today. Lots to get to. Lots of big stories. We talked about Arsene Wenger and his concept that the World Cup should be every two years and it should alternate with the Euros so that basically you have World Cup, Euros, World Cup, Euros, World Cup, Euros. Great idea. Love it. Fantastic. I'm with you, Arsene. I think that's the way to do it. Let's get rid of all this other nonsense. And then we had an interesting discussion about Alexis Sohanian, the uh, husband of Serena Williams, and his investment in Angel City FC in the NWSL. And I told you why that is the next high-growth league, sports league, in the United States and will, in my opinion, in the long run, eclipse Major League Soccer. All right, we are presented by betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. If you head over there right now and use your mobile device or other device to sign up today, you can receive a 50% welcome bonus just in time for their $100,000 Bracket Madness contest. It's over there at betonline.ag. So head over, check it out, and have a good time. But look, there are some other stories uh, percolating around that need to be discussed. We did quite a story last week on Steven Gerrard and his really incredible job he's been doing there at Rangers. I told you why he wasn't leaving Rangers anytime soon. He is waiting for Jurgen Klopp to probably renew his contract and then finish through that contract renewal, then leave, and then hopefully he'll pop in. He may, he may come in as a sort of co-manager, like uh, Roy Evans maybe, with Gerard Houllier. You, you just don't know, but that was an interesting discussion. But a discussion that we need to have today <clears throat> is rolling around some of the big, big clubs in North London. And by that, you know who I'm talking about. I'm not talking about Chelsea, because they're not really part and parcel of any particular discussion today. I'm talking about Tottenham. I'm talking about Arsenal. The rivalry, which saw... A North London derby this weekend at the Emirates, Arsenal beating Tottenham 2-1. Everybody talking about Tottenham Hotspur and just how bad they are and all the pressure falling on Jose Mourinho. And I'm just going to tell you right now, that is a very, very misguided 
opinion. One of the things Mourinho has always done is he's always taken a team of exceptional players and made them better. Yes, yes, he plays his games. Yes, Jose Mourinho has uh, not the longest attention span. Yes, he likes to stir up trouble. He likes to create order out of chaos. That's what he does. We all agree. We all know that, right? But the one thing that you can't say about Jose Mourinho is that he is not a good manager. <laughs> okay? I want to get this out right now. And I get castigated by this, by my fellow Liverpool supporters and <clears throat> a lot of people uh, that know me, that maybe don't love me, but know me, uh, disagree with me. In my opinion, Jose Mourinho is likely the greatest living manager who is still manager. I would put him in one of the five or six all-time greatest managers. By the way, World Soccer named him the third greatest manager of all time. That was back in 2013. That same year, ESPN may, um, <clears throat> labeled him the ninth greatest manager. In 2019, France Football Magazine... Named him the 13th greatest manager of all times. Okay, so he's going down the list a little bit, but you get the point. He holds the record for the most points achieved in a Premier League season, which was 95 points, and that's now gone, obviously, because we've had 99 and 100. He was the youngest manager to reach 100 Champions League games. Most unbeaten games at home in the Premier League was 77. Fewest goals conceded in a season of 15. And the longest football unbeaten home run by a manager, nine years. Okay? <clears throat> but the one stat, stat, very important stat, is the one that should really stand out are the following. And I'm going to read these out to you. The only manager... He has the most Champions League titles with different clubs. You heard me. The, he has won the Champions League. He won it with Porto in 2003, in 2004, the year right after he won the UEFA Cup with Porto. He won the Champions League with Inter Milan in 2009, in 2010. He won the Europa League with Man United in 2016 and 2017. Portuguese titles, too. Three Premier League titles. One FA Cup. I think four League Cups. God knows how many Community Shields. Two Serie A titles. A La Liga title. A Copa del Rey. Italian Super Cup, Coppa Italia, and the list goes on, folks. These aren't tournaments he's been entered into. These are tournaments he's won. He's not a manager that just does it with one club. He's done it with five clubs, and now he's on his sixth. 
So what is happening at Tottenham Hotspur? Why are we hearing that the knives are coming out for the Portuguese? The fact of the matter is Tottenham Hotspur don't want to admit what is the obvious, which is that they have not invested enough in the squad. Yes, they have some great players. There is no doubt. Harry Kane is a wonder to behold. Hyun Min Son has been one of my favorite players the last couple of years to watch to play. He's exciting. And of course, they've got Gareth Bale back. They have a range of other really good players, including a great goalkeeper in Lloris. And if you look at Mourinho's win percentage, there are really only four other managers at Spurs who have a greater win percentage than Mourinho, and he's only been at the helm for 80 days. We're talking about Frank Brettel. You know him back in 1898. 58%. Arthur Turner, 1942. Broke for the war years. Only 49 games, 55%. Let's get into some modern eras, some names you may remember. Andre Villas-Boas. That's quite a mouthful. Fifty-five percent. He's now managing Marseille, of course. Mauricio Pochettino at the helm now of PSG. By the way, my favorites to win the Champions League. Fifty-three point fifty-four point two seven. Mourinho is right there. Fifty-three point seven five games. He's only been at the helm since two thousand nineteen. He's got. Better numbers than David Pleat. Better numbers than Harry Redknapp. Um, better numbers than Martin Yol. I mean, the list goes on and on. But for some reason, the knives are out because you don't want to look in the mirror and say it's because we haven't invested adequate resources in the club. And that is exactly what's going on. On the other hand, you can say the same thing about Arsenal. No one's blaming Mikel Arteta or saying we should fire Mikel Arteta. I mean, there are people that are not happy with him, but on the whole, people are giving him a pass, as I believe they should. Just FYI, obviously, you know me, you know this show. I've told you they're much too quick to fire managers. And it's to Arsenal's credit, they've stuck by him while they're having a plenty average season. But of course... Mikel Arteta hasn't won the Champions League with two different clubs, haven't won titles in 60 different countries, <laughs> hasn't won a million FA Cups and Europa Leagues and all these other things. But that is the weight of expectations that falls on your shoulders. My friends, my friends, my Tottenham Hotspur friends and fans of Spurs, Mourinho can be a difficult cat. He can be arrogant, he can be funny, he can be difficult, he can cause problems, he can solve problems, but he is not the problem. You have one of the greatest living managers in the world at the helm of your club. You need to do the thing that you've been trying to do, which is to get your skin-tight owner to part with some more cash and give Mourinho the squad he needs. Mark my words, you give him the squad he needs, he will bring home the bacon for you. 
changing managers, bad move. Okay, so you change managers. So what, next France football votes Mourinho, 14th greatest manager of all time. Big deal. Doesn't make any sense. All right, that's my thoughts. Our North London friends need to get their proverbial act together. Taking a quick gander at the table, the race obviously for top four. Some huge matches coming up beginning of April. We do have an international break coming up at some point here very shortly. Oh, you've got to look at this Leicester City, Manchester City match at the KP. Huge, huge match for Leicester. Why do I say that? Well, Chelsea have a bit of a, uh, a, bit of a uh, run to the ATM bank to play West Brom at Stamford Bridge. Uh, West Ham are hosting Arsenal. That should be another big match, by the way. And Liverpool are playing Arsenal at the beginning of April. Now, folks, Liverpool are going to come back from April till the end of the season, the last eight games, nine games here, and they are going to be a lot stronger. They have a big break coming up. They've got players coming back. It's going to be a tight race for the top four. There are only five points to separate Chelsea and Liverpool for the fourth spot. Uh, there are 10 points to se separate Leicester City from Liverpool. That's why this match against Manchester City coming up beginning of April is so very important for Leicester. But we have a lot of time to talk about that and some matches coming up over the weekend of the 21st. So we will get to those as well. I am going to take a break. Oh, no, I still got a minute, guys. Oh, thank you for pointing that. By the way, today is uh, March the 17th. It's St. Patrick's Day, and I would like to take this opportunity on national radio uh, to wish the man who has meant more than anything in this world to me, who has shaped me, the greatest father I've ever known, the only one I've ever had, uh, but a man who, when I die, if I say I was one-fifth the father that he was, I would be able, or one-fifth the man that he was, I would be able to say that I, my life has been a success. Uh, my father, Michael Gieber, who sadly passed away in 2001, uh, would have been his birthday today. What is his birthday today? still is. And uh, what a... Wish you a happy birthday, Dad, and tell you how much I miss you. Okay, find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. Um, I'm going to take a break. Be right back. By the way, make sure to go to our podcast network, the Believe, B-L-E-A-V, the Believe Podcast Network, and check us out. Download our episodes and be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a moment of the sheer genius of Nick Eber and World Soccer Radio. And see, there's a little Mourinho-like arrogance for you. I'll be right back to wrap it up. All right. Welcome back. World Soccer Radio, a little sex and drugs and rock and roll. And I tell you what, looks like, at least in the United States anyway... We have hopefully turned the COVID corner. I can tell you I have had one of my two vaccinations already. I'll get my second shot on the 27th. Maybe a little sick, actually. I was, I was fine at first, and then the next day um, I was fine, and then that evening I felt like someone had just hit me on the head with a two-by-four. Uh, had a good sleep, woke up the next day, none the worse for it. Happy to have it. And quite frankly, I've been uh, playing a little Russian roulette here because I've been in Las Vegas. I like to go have a cigar at the casino, et cetera, et cetera. So I've not been the smartest guy when it comes to the COVID world. I have avoided it up till now. So I'm happy. I'm thrilled. I'm happy you have avoided it or you have recovered from it. Be sure, folks, 
don't listen to this BS out there, okay? Go get a vaccination. Wear a mask. You tell me why wearing a mask, you say it impinges on my personal freedoms. Well, does your personal freedom give you the right to kill somebody or to impinge on their personal freedoms by making them sick? Wear a mask. It's a stupid, easy, simple thing to do. You should do it. We should all do it. Of course, not only you want to wear a mask and get your vaccination, but pretty soon we'll be able to fill those stadiums back. And that is a terrific thing. So if you're a fan of MLS, if you're a fan of the NWSL, folks, go out there, support your teams, please. I'm pleased to say, in terms of Major League Soccer, for whatever shortcomings the league is on the pitch, the organizations, the fan experience is excellent. They have great following, great support, and I'm sure those supporters will be there to come out, buy those tickets, and show those teams that they are behind them. All right, I will be back with you tomorrow, the same time, same place. Of course, I always do my match previews, which I know are very good, particularly if you're planning on wagering a few bucks, which you should probably do at betonline.ag, our title sponsor. Till tomorrow, cheers, have a great night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.